you got everything in place that you need. This is the things you should do. Like, go out and do it. It's like, oh, okay, I will. You know, like, I'll do what you said because I paid you, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. Like, I'm just going to go out and do it and stop questioning and getting in my own way. You're listening to Creatives Making Money, the podcast for creatives who are on a mission to do the work they feel most called to do and make some money while they do it. This is a show for the makers, the dreamers, the doers, the creators, the artists, the crazy ones, and the ones who are determined to consciously build the life and career of their dreams. Here, we don't just believe in getting your dream job, we believe in creating it. So what does creative success even look like? How do we live a fully expressed, abundant AF life? That's precisely what we're here to find out. My mission with Creatives Making Money is to conduct 100 interviews with successful creatives and those who love and support them about money, career, and the process of making and doing what they most love, including all of the ups, downs, and in-betweens. I'm your host, Jamie Jensen, writer, storyteller, filmmaker, serial entrepreneur, and shameless creator. No matter where you are in your creative and financial journey, I'm here to help you create like you mean it. Hello and welcome to Creatives Making Money. Today I have with me the incredible Kaylin Asher. Kaylin is a lifestyle design expert and coach. What she does is she teaches women entrepreneurs how to make an abundant full-time income working part-time hours, just as she has done with her own three-day work week. She does this through both coaching and a few different programs that she offers, and she is incredible. She's been featured in Business Insider, Entrepreneur on Fire, the She Means Business podcast, and the Huffington Post and her coaching and teachings have helped thousands of women embrace the idea that full-time income and part-time hours is not just a dream, but it can actually be their reality. So I am so pumped to interview Kaylin today and ask her literally all of the like all of the things about her secrets and how we can create more space in our life um, using some of the strategies that she has employed in her own business. Hi, Kaylin. Hi, Jamie. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here today. Yeah, ditto girl. I'm so excited to be chatting. (laughs) So walk me through, like my first question really is, um, because I think that the big, the big key here, especially with, you know, creating what what you call a three-day work week where, you know, you take four-day weekends. Yeah. And the big question that I have about that, that I think is a question that would be on all listeners' minds is... How long did it take you to get to a place where you felt like you could structure your life in such a boundaried way? Yeah, so a long time. <laughs> That's probably not the answer people want to hear, but it um it was a long journey for me. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur ever since college. I never have had a traditional job. So that's been a good 10 years now. And for the first 7, I was first of all, I was a serial entrepreneur. I was trying lots of different things, trying my hand at whatever, you know, my soul was being called toward at the moment. And I was working full time and making part time income for a lot of those years. I mean, as we do, I had little bridge jobs and doing freelancing gigs and stuff like that. What really was the shift, the like pivot point was when my first daughter was born and she was born in, at the end of 2014. And I realized it was like, you know, this isn't going to work anymore of me like hustling my butt off and making not a lot of money. I mean, if that's all that this is ever going to be, I should really just like 
close up shop and be an awesome mom. <laughs> but there was this other piece of me that knew that if I just gave up on my dream of having a business that would really impact women, that I wouldn't be the best mom I could be. I wouldn't be the role model that I would want my daughter to see in her life. And so I was like, all right, well, let's see, see what feels good. And I was like, what feels good would be working three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then having four day weekends with my daughter and my husband, our like cozy little family. And so the lifestyle piece felt great right off the bat. And then the question became, can I make money? Like, can I make the same money I was making before? If I'm working part-time hours, part-time income, that feels fine. And ideally, could I be making even more money? And what I found out was that by getting really clear on my priorities and setting those intentional boundaries, I was making so much more effective use of my time and smarter choices about my business and saying no to things that were no longer a good fit, saying yes to support, um, all of the shifts that I really needed to make to go from this entrepreneurial hobbyist to like kind of like the CEO of my business and that moment it shifted everything and my business took off I started making way more money than I was making before working far fewer hours and I was like there's something to this there's something to getting really clear on the framework that makes sense for you your life and your business and and setting those boundaries and then creating your business within that container it um it worked really well for me, and then I started, you know, teaching that to others and applying it to their lives, and it was working well for others, too. So that's sort of the moment that the three-day work week took hold, and that was, yeah, it was about four years ago now. That's hard to believe. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if we calculated, like, how many hours, you know, if we look at your... <laughs> we look at your last four years versus my last four years, I'd probably cry because I'd be like, oh my God, how many hours have I wasted? Um, what was the first money goal that you set for yourself when you were like, I want to work part-time hours, but make full-time income. You know, when we talk about full-time income, that's such a variable. That's like a totally variable thing, right? That's yeah. different things to different people. So what did that mean to you? I think the first goal that I sort of remember having was I wanted to have, I think it was like, gosh, I don't, I'm not totally clear on it, but it was like a three or $4,000 month. Like doing that would feel like, Hey, this is like a legit income working 12 days a month. <laughs> you know, like this would feel amazing if I was able to bring this in because if we flesh that out over a year, you know, you're making, you know, 36 to almost $50,000. I'm like, okay, that's what people like sign their life away for at like a nine to five job. And if I could be doing that, working these part-time hours, that would feel really like I was, I was doing it. And so that was, that's happened for me. I started my three-day work week the very beginning of 2015 after I took like a maternity leave, whatever that means, because I'm, I work for myself. <laughs> and then um, I was kind of figuring out my schedule and my system and my offerings. And then by like the summer, I was starting to make like a thousand, two thousand $2,000 a month. And then by that fall, I was making like three, four, five, six thousand $6,000 a month. And I was like, whoa, this is unbelievable that you can, you can do this so in that, I mean, in like six, nine months so quickly and with something that was so, felt so revolutionary <laughs> and so amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. And I want to say for anyone who's listening that it's like not, 
it's not not normal, you know, but I also wouldn't want anyone to feel terrible if they didn't hit those income goals in the time that you did. No, because like I said, I had that seven years prior. Totally, totally. Like my story's fairly similar in that like I was making a lot of money within six months of launching my business, but I don't think that I don't want anyone to feel shame around it taking longer because it sometimes does and that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to mention that like, it's so possible and you can so do it. And also like if it takes you 12 or if it takes you four, like don't feel bad about it. Yeah. Um, What do you think really changed? What was like, you know, when you talk about, I made those decisions. I set those boundaries. I decided that I wanted, you know, these four days with my family and three day. And it was like, this is three day work week. And when you got really clear on those values after your daughter was born, you were saying, you mentioned like so much changed. You changed so much. I'm curious. What, what were the big things that changed in your approach to your business, your schedule and even your life? Yeah, I think, I think one of the, the biggest changes that, I made for myself at that time was I had always been a course junkie like oh I'm gonna take and they're fantastic like I'm gonna take b-school and I took Laura Roeder's creating fame oh my god so many years ago and it was fantastic but I was always in this like isolated solo mode of I'm gonna figure it out I'm gonna do it myself this will all work out if I just work hard enough and after stepping into my three-day work week and kind of exposing myself to the coaching world, I realized I actually need like someone, like a human being to talk to (laughs) and say like, all right, can you help me formulate a plan? Can you help me with this mindset stuff that's coming up again and again? Can you help me navigate my way through this and on to the next? Because this is uncharted territory for me. And so that was a really profound moment where I was like, I believe in myself and my dream and this three-day work week stuff enough to invest in my business in this new and different way. And so that that was really helpful. And that that sticks out in my mind as something that I did differently, finally, that kind of moved the needle as well. This is an interesting question. (laughs) It's so, uh, yeah, I'm like judging my own question. Hilarious. (laughs) Well, because when I think about when someone makes the decision to get support, you know, there are so many pieces that need to happen for you to be able to do that, right? You have to take the leap of faith to make the investment. And there's that piece around like, oh my gosh, is this going to be worth it? Is the money going to come back? I'm so scared, right? There's that piece. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the piece around believing in yourself, believing you're worth it, that you actually trust not just the person that you're hiring to support you, but you're, you're trusting yourself. And then there's the piece around actually receiving the support that you, yes. <laughs> I know plenty of people who pay tons of money for support, but don't actually let themselves receive it or they resist their way through it. Don't want to listen to advice. So I'm curious if any of that was challenging for you, um, you know, or what you kind of had to overcome to be able to say, you know what, I'm worth it. And I, you know, and I'm going to receive the support that I'm invest investing in. Yeah. Oh, those are such great questions. And Uh, I mean, for me, I I remember looking, starting to look for my coach, a coach in like the summer of that year. (laughs) And I didn't wind up actually hiring anyone till December. So it was, it was a multiple month long journey to get to the point where I was really ready to invest. And luckily, I mean, fortunately, I was making more money all of those months than I had been making 
previously. So I was having more steady income. And so I felt at a place where I'm like, okay, I can actually reinvest some of what's coming in back into my business. And so I think for many of us, we do have to kind of get to a place where we feel like you said, feel ready to invest. And for me, that meant making a little bit of money, you know, thanks to all the courses and trainings that I've been doing by myself. I mean, I kind of had a sense of what needed to happen and being an entrepreneur for seven years and the pieces started to come together, but they still didn't feel gelled. And so that was why I was like, Hey, I need, I need someone to make this feel sustainable and figure out a way to scale in a way that feels comfortable because when I'm working only three days a week, how would that ever happen that I could increase my income beyond a certain ceiling? And so a lot, I mean, I think anytime you go to invest in yourself in any way or do something out of your norm, a lot of your stuff comes up. <laughs> and so I, I always make just for me personally, mindset, a practice, like a daily practice of meditation and yoga and kind of just grounding into my truth and what makes sense for me. And, and that helps me win big decisions like this, you know, working with a coach or something like that come up for me. What do you think was the greatest benefit of like having one-on-one -on -one support? You know, how did that, what transformed for you in the process of receiving that support? Yeah, I think it felt after so many years of trying to figure it out on my own and wondering, you know, is this going to work? Is it going to work out to have someone who was successful and she I mean definitely was I, I was working with Nisha Moodley I don't know if people know her but I think you probably do she's out on the west coast with you <laughs> um and I I realized as much as I love the independence I was kind of at a place where I was like I just want someone to kind of tell me what to do and sign off on this plan and then I'll believe in it a hundred percent and be all in, you know, I was like at 80% of like, yeah, I think I can do this, but like, this is in my way. And having, having someone who was like, yeah, you've got this, you've got everything in place that you need. This is the things you should do. Like go out and do it. It's like, oh, okay, I will, you know, like I'll do what you said because I paid you, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. Like I'm just going to go out and do it and stop questioning and getting in my own way. It's so funny how critical it is to invest in, in, in having someone help you in that way. Yes. It's, it's, a very, it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting personal development experience. Because yeah. It's the type of thing that I think a lot of people think that they can do for themselves. And it's not that they can't, but the energy around it changes when you decide to invest in yourself and believe in yourself that much to hire mm -hmm. someone who can support you in that way. It's just yeah. so fascinating. Um, I want to circle back to what you mentioned about like having a daily mindset practice. And by the way, mm -hmm. this probably goes without saying, but one of the big reasons that I'm so excited we're having this conversation is because, um, you know, having, having that boundary lifestyle, in my opinion, is also critical for anyone who self-identifies as a creative. It's yes. so important that we actually carve out space and time for the projects that need our attention or that are calling to us. Mm -hmm. And so, whether whether you're having an actual baby or a spirit baby in the form yeah. of a creative project, um, you know, having being able to to say I'm going to work three days and then the other four days are for me. They're for my creative work. They're for other things that I want to move forward. And for some people, it might be like another business that they want to create or another, you know, who knows. Um, but I just want to, you know, 
blankets, like literally just point blank state that out loud for anyone who's listening and hasn't said, oh my God, I'm fantasizing about having four days a week <laughs> work on XYZ project that's calling, calling and pulling on my heartstrings. Um, yeah, all of this advice also applies to that. So mm-hmm. just something that I want to, you know, point out. Um, so when you talk about doing your, your daily mindset stuff, mm-hmm. what are the things that you do on a regular basis that help you, that help you maintain those boundaries? Because, you know, putting stuff in a calendar is one thing, but actually sticking to it is a whole other thing. Yeah, for me, my daily practice, I wake up really early. My whole household gets up early. So I, I love those like dark, quiet morning hours where it's like just me in the quiet house. <laughs> it feels awesome. Um, so first thing I meditate for usually like 15 to 20 minutes. Um, I don't like set a timer or anything. It's just kind of about how long I last. <laughs> and, and for me, my meditation includes, um, sometimes it'll be visioning. Like if there's something I'm really, um, really desiring and excited about, I'll, I'll picture that. Or sometimes it's anchoring into like a mantra, something that I'm repeating that I kind of want to like bathe myself in that I know I need to like get it into my head. And then I usually do a little bit of yoga and then get outside for movement, like outside in nature, go for a jog or something like that. And so that enables me to like ground into my true self instead of moving into the day of like frantic rush mode of, oh, I've got to do all the things and make this business happen. And I'm doing it all instead of realizing like, just allowing myself to feel supported in that bigger way. And so that's really essential for me to get that in. Um, I have a background. One of my many, (laughs) many entrepreneurial endeavors was um, becoming a yoga certified yoga instructor. And so I have a background in yoga. So it's something that just like feels like coming home for me. And then throughout the day, I do my best to remind, like come back in those moments when I feel like I'm spiraling off, like come back to to the mantra I'm working with, or maybe do a little bit of journaling, or definitely in the evening, I do reading before bed. Um, I think it's really important to like, put my phone down, screens off, and just be with a book. And like, for me, it's like an actual book where I can like turn the pages and underline and make notes in the margins that that just feels good for me. And so um, I like that bookending my day of like my morning practice and some wind down time in the evening. And, and that... When I can get that in regularly, I know I'm functioning at my my best um, my best self during those working hours that lie between. What book are you reading right now? I'm rereading for the third time the Desire Map. I love that. Yeah, I I love workshoppy books, and so that one is one I move through um, every December leading up to New Year's time to get really anchored into how I want to feel and moving out from that place in my business, in my life. And that just, that feels really good. Like the first time I read it, I don't think I totally grasped it. I was still like, yeah, but I need those goals, like those money goals, those business goals. And the more that I sit with it, like, yeah, what if I just focus on feeling good all the time and then let everything grow from that place? It feels so much more expansive and enjoyable and just a heck of a lot more fun, honestly. (laughs) And I think that's what life's about. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. What did you have? Have you kind of, <clears throat> did you pick a word or like, a, do you remember what your feelings were for this year? Yes, I have them. I, I have them right here on my, my office on a sticky note on my computer. And for this year, uh, my words were trust, faith, soulful expansion, connection, and divine simplicity. And that was, uh, it's funny because my, uh, my inclination is to like function in my business in a very masculine way of like, I need to do lists and I'm going to get this done. I'm going to hustle. And ever since my having my first daughter and, and since then I've had a second daughter. So I've got two little girls. I'm like so much more open and receptive to the idea of a more feminine approach to business and, um, and figuring out those core desired feelings as Danielle Laporte puts it is um, such a nice way to do that for yourself. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What do you think would be different if you didn't go through that process? Be what pro- What process? If you didn't take yourself through the process of of asking yourself how you wanted to feel mm. and kind of building around that, yeah. What do you think your business would look like? What would What do you think would be different? I think I would feel really anxious a lot of the time. I can go to that place um, when I'm in that rushed kind of hustle mode. Um, I can be much more rigid um, with my timelines and deadlines and just my, my physical being. Like I can feel myself stiffening. Like my husband will go to hug me and I'm like, oh, you know, like it just like, I don't know, like I get repellent of accepting love (laughs) and, and so much shorter with my girls. Like when I'm not, getting myself grounded into, okay, like, how do I want to be? Who do I want to show up as? Like, what would the more evolved me be doing, thinking, feeling in this situation? And how can I course correct a bit to be more in alignment with that? I know that I'm totally like in my head thinking I have to do all of it. And that just, it feels crappy. (laughs) It feels Mm -hmm. awful when you're in that place feeling so, so alone and isolated and like, you're the only one who can get anything accomplished. I think there's a lot of human beings who can identify with that feeling yeah. and go through that regularly, especially, especially those who are mothers with families. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so highly recommend everyone check out the desire map and go through yeah. this process. I'll put that link in the show notes for sure. What are the common challenges that come up that you find um, clients and students of yours go through as they're trying to create their own three-day work week? Yeah. So I think first off, um, a block that comes up is like, well, I don't know if a three-day work week will work for me. And my response to that is, okay, that's fine. Like this isn't about making you work just three days a week. This is about finding out what working hours and working schedule is your best fit. So Maybe you're, you still have a full-time job or a part-time job and you have to figure out your best hours around that. Maybe you've got school-aged children and you want to work while they're in school. Maybe you want to just, you love working and you want to work a full week, but you want to do it more intentionally and honor your time and your energy more. And so this isn't about like cramming everyone into the box that I've created, but figuring out what works for you first and foremost. And I think once you land on that, that feels really good. Like that as a first step of like, ooh, permission. (laughs) Permission to create what feels best for me. Ooh, fun. And then often stuff around like time and money starts coming up of like, well, 
either I don't have enough time to do everything I want to do if I'm honoring the hours that feel best, or if I honor the hours that feel best, I won't be able to bring in enough money, enough clients into those limited hours. And so often what it becomes is a lot of discussion around releasing, you know, those money blocks. And so we do a lot of mindset work with my clients and then figuring out your perfect people and your perfect packages for those people so that you're filling your time with amazing clients that you love to work with and amazing projects that really light you up. And something just really tactical that has helped me is I work on an AB week schedule. And so I have all of my client calls on my A weeks and then on my B weeks, it's completely open for project development, for personal development, for business stuff, like anything that's going to grow my business, um, the big stuff, that, that week is for that. And so it creates space in a schedule that might not have had space. If I was just like, oh, if I only have three days, I need to like cram it with clients and it would leave me no, no available time to think about how to grow and develop my business and to that next phase, wherever that needs to be. When you talk about releasing those money blocks and working on that with your clients, what, what, tell us more. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah, I think a huge piece of releasing anything that's no longer serving you is bringing more awareness to it. I think a lot of us have the habit of like, oh, that's there again, push it down, push it to the side instead of accepting it with some like compassionate curiosity of like, oh, that's interesting. There's that thing that like, I shouldn't spend money on that or I don't have enough money or wherever the lack thing is. And so the first step I always take with my clients is like, hey, let's just be a little bit more aware when these negative money thoughts or negative money stories start cropping up in your life. And when we become aware of those habits and patterns that are no longer serving us, it creates creates a little distance between us and them. And we realize, oh, that thought isn't me. It's something separate. And then there's an opportunity to interject something new. And so then from there, something I love doing is, and I alluded to this before, is sitting with what would my future self do here? You know, the woman a year, five years, 10 years, however long in the future it needs to be that you feel like she is more evolved (laughs) and has more stuff figured out. How would she be handling this, dealing with this, thinking about her finances, her money, her business, the abundance, or maybe if you're feeling a lack thereof, and then doing your best to move forward from that place, from her perspective. And seeing where you can interject new thoughts and patterns and habits to, to support you in evolving into that more, more enlightened version of yourself who has a better relationship with, with money or whatever it is that you're working through. I love that so much. It's, it's like also one of my favorite perspective shifters. It's like so good because you can also play with like how far in the future are we playing this game? Yeah. Such a, it's so good. I I really encourage everyone who's listening to play this game um, and really picture yourself (laughs) 20 years from now and ask that version of yourself, like, does she give a shit? (laughs) Does he care? Is it even important? 
Yeah. Um, even like when you're freaking out about something, that's like a fun one, to, a fun game to play. Oh, yes. I'm really worried about this. But then you're like, would 80 year old me give a shit? Probably yes. not. So let's <laughs> let it go. <laughs> um, what do you, what do you find um, are the most common negative beliefs around money that come up when you're working with clients or even like stuff that's mm-hmm. good for you? Yeah, I think, <sighs> I think a lot of stuff that comes up and, you know, it's, it's nuanced and different for everybody, but there's this pattern I see in myself and other people that we think we're accomplishing something by worrying. It's like, oh, well, if I just think about it enough and focus on it and, you know, think about how limited my bank account is or how the clients aren't coming in, I'll figure something out that will then solve it. But when we're vibing in that super negative space, there is no opportunity for an enlightened idea to come in. The only way to be open and receptive to something new and different is to get to your yourself like vibrationally to a place of feeling open and receptive. And so I think, and this is something I remind myself of constantly is that worrying solves no, no purpose. Like there is no need for it at all <laughs> because it's either going to happen or it's not and so i th- and i think it's much more likely the negative thing will happen the more we focus on it because i believe we draw towards us what we focus on and so if we can because a lot of people i talk to they'll be like oh well I, I have to worry about money or i have to think about this and i'm like but why? Like, what purpose is that solving? What if we use that time and energy and that mental capacity to focus on something more positive, to focus on something good, to focus on moving in a direction that feels better to you and maybe letting that thing go for a little bit and seeing if it just dissipates or solves itself or a true solution comes in because you're allowing it because you're in a more open and receptive place. It's so funny because, first of all, what you said is so brilliant. We think we're accomplishing something by worrying. I think that's (laughs) so ridiculously true and brilliant. And like everyone tweet that right now. (laughs) Because it does, your brain is working and it thinks that it's problem solving and it thinks that it's like moving things forward. but, But really you're just like, expending energy in this circle there's no you're not getting yeah. you're not it's like treadmill but it's not even like healthy for you like a treadmill is right so <laughs> no. you're not like doing mental gymnastics and getting like abs in your brain yeah. <laughs> so, you know um it's so true though and what's what i find really interesting about money blocks in particular and i i actually was thinking about this the other day and i was like this is a theory i think i'm developing that i think We make money the problem, you know, to avoid the other problems that are underneath it. You know, Mm. the minute that we create that space or the minute that we allow ourselves to rest or be still or like not worry about it, we actually have to deal with the other shit that's really going on. Yes. Like, (laughs) what's the real trauma? What's the real, like, what is the real thing about you or your life or your relationships or your, your relationship with work or your, you know, um, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your health and well-being, your ability to care for yourself. Like what is the stuff that you're really avoiding um, by making money the problem? Yeah. That is so true. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what the, I think it's a different answer for everyone, but you know, what I'll say is 
I think a lot of us are just terrified of having that space and like sitting with ourselves. Um, you know, I think those, those of us who do practice yoga, especially like, you know, this is, I think, you know, you and I can talk about yoga all day, <laughs> all day. Um, but I think, you know, part of being, being in a yoga practice, you know, and this is true for people who meditate as well is like really learning how to sit with yourself and be in that quiet, that mm-hmm. quiet place and just be with yourself. Yeah. And I think that there, there really is an ability, you know, to actually face stuff, you know, and I talk about this with writing too, like the great thing about writing and journaling is like the, when you have to write, you have to face yourself. Like you cannot yes. sit down to a blank piece of paper and create something without getting rid of all the stuff that's like top of mind first, you know? So whatever's going on in your head, whatever's bothering you, whatever you're stressing about, it's like that layer, you know, if you remove it, like then you get to what's really going on, whether that's like deeper healing or who knows, it's different for everyone. But there's just this element of like, how long, like we just want to be in this treadmill, which I find fascinating. Um, anyway, there's really no conclusion that I <laughs> let's talk about this. Um, and I just love that we're having this conversation. Another question that I have about, you know, when people decide to carve out four days, like not for typical work, right? And so I say this mm-hmm. because because a creative project that isn't revenue generating is still work because being a parent is work because being a partner is work because like, it's all a form of work. It's not like, you know, we just don't see them at, they're not revenue generating activities in the standard, in the standard sense of the word. Um, I'm curious because I'm going to tell you what's coming up for me. Um, I'll just be transparent. So when I think about working less days, I'm like, I don't know that I could because I just get so like excited about things and I want to work on them right away. And I like, don't have, I don't, I'm not like a very patient person. It's not like Mm -hmm. probably patience is my biggest like value that I'm not great at Mm -hmm. at all. Um, So when I think about that, what comes up for me is like, would I get bored? Would I feel Mm -hmm. unfulfilled? Would I, you know, and, and I don't have a family yet, so it's different. Um, but even the thought of just like having that much spaciousness in my schedule to some extent feels, Oh, it's like, sounds like such a relief. And the other part of me is like, would I get so antsy and miss work so much in those days? And I wonder if like that ever comes up for you or comes up for your clients, if that's like something that they have to overcome, you know, how do you speak with them about that? Yeah. Oh, this is such a great question. And I am all about when you feel lit up taking inspired action. Like if, if the time is available and the energy is there and the, like, I I know that feeling of like, Oh, I'm just so excited. Like I need to like sit down at my computer and create. Um, And if I have the availability, like if my husband's around, I'm like, Hey, can I like pop upstairs for an hour? Like I just, I need to get this out of me. But I also know that if we're working for the sake of working because we feel like we need to like devote a certain amount of time in order to receive back what we want, that type of exchange is unhealthy of like, oh, if I work less than 60 hours a week, I won't make the money I need to make. If you're at that place where you can feel your energy dipping, you can feel your eyes, you know, glazing over, you can feel that it's becoming heavy 
that's, you're not getting good, anything good accomplished in those, in that time, in those minutes, in those hours. And so those are the times to think about, okay, is it really essential that I work from nine to 7 PM when I can feel at five, like I'm not my best self after that? Like, what if I just work nine to five, you know, making those incremental upgrades, as I call them, towards what feels really good and supportive for you. And, and I have no doubt, like, if my girls hadn't arrived, well, I mean, the whole reason the three-day work week started was because I became a mother. So I have no doubt my work week would look vastly different. And when they go to school, it will probably transition again. And it'll be responsive to my life and my responsibilities and where I'm at in my business. And and when I feel excited, I do. I do want to get engaged with work. And so I always encourage if you, if you feel that, this isn't about like pushing down those feelings. If you're in a place where you're like, I feel amazing and I want to engage with my work and this creative thing is calling to me, that's fantastic. Like, I think that's brilliant and perfect. And that's how you want to feel as much of the time as you can. And so for me, having my three days and during those three days, I'm working probably nine to four thirty those three days. Like they're not like crazy long hours trying to like bang out my business so that I can take four days off. Um, but I know for me, like after, after four ish o'clock knowing that like I've got two little kids downstairs and I got to cook dinner and all this stuff. It's like, okay, I I'm ready to transition here. I'm not going to be doing my, my clients, myself, my community, any, any good at this. Point. Yeah. And so last night, for example, I, I found myself with time in the evening, which I don't always have. My husband was out at an event. My girls were both in bed and I'm like, Oh, what would feel good? And so I grabbed the desire map cause I'm moving through that again. And I went downstairs and, you know, I was like, you know what? I feel like talking about this to my community. And so I hopped on Facebook live. I did like a 10, 15 minute one, you know, at you know, seven o'clock at night. It's not my normal working hours, but I felt called and inspired and I had the time. And so I'm all about, that sort of work, that sort of inspired action. I think that's perfect because that's when you're in flow and that's when your best stuff comes through. One of the things that you touched on um, was this idea. um, This was like a money belief thing that I wanted to pull out. You were talking about the belief that like, oh, well, I should stay in this, this place where like my eyes are glazing over and I'm working really hard, but because I believe that like I need to in order to be worthy or earn the money that's supposed to be coming or believe that, that the money will show up then. Um, so it's that belief that like working more means earning more. Yes. I feel like that's a big one that people like struggle with this, you know, that like, well, the harder I work, the more money I make. And then people work their asses off don't make more and then feel really frustrated because it's not always about working harder. And like, this is the corniest, most cliche thing. Like it should work smarter, not harder. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, even me, I'm like, what does that even mean? Cause what it means is different for everyone. Right. Um, but just, you know, if that's a belief that anyone who's listening can identify with, you're not alone. It's super common <laughs> Yeah, and we can 100% overcome it and take on a different belief? Like what's a belief that you would have someone replace that with? Yeah, so something that I've sat with a lot lately is I have more than enough time, money, and energy for all of my priorities and desires. That one feels really good. I love that. Yeah. It makes me wiggle in my chair. (laughs) (laughs) 
So what are you like, tell me about the different ways that you typically support people. I know that you do, you know, you have different programs that you've put out there over. I mean, I've known you for so long. I don't even know if it's like the same as when we first met, like what's going on in your world right now? Yeah. So right now, one of the things I'm really excited about is I'm launching my first mastermind. And so I'm, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be so good. (laughs) It's going to kick off in, um, in January, 2019, And we're going to work together for six months, really intimately, me and the women that are joining. And I'm I'm just so ready to help these women create the businesses that they desire while honoring the lifestyle that feels really good, creating that abundant full-time income. And um, yeah, it's, I finally feel ready to, to offer that, that style of support at this, at this point in, in my, in my business journey, I've done a lot of one-on-one coaching. I still do that. I run a lot of group programs, but this like really high touch community, um, kind of like building that soul tribe for these women and being the facilitator of that. I feel like, I finally feel like, yeah, now's the time. I'm super excited. So I'm, you know, I've been contacting all the experts that I'm bringing in and planning the retreat that we're going to have. It's going to be awesome. That's so cool. And for anyone who's like, what the hell is a mastermind? Um, (laughs) The best definition that I have for a mastermind is it really is a meeting of minds. It's, it's a curated experience. That's usually pretty small, usually pretty intimate. I feel like Mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, there are masterminds that I know of that are more than 20 people, but for me, 20 is probably the max out number where I would consider it a legitimate mastermind experience. Um, And the concept is, that you're bringing together people, you know, in this case, entrepreneurs who, you know, have similar, you know, things going on in their life, in their business that they're struggling with. And you come together for community, for support and for brainstorming. And so really like the word mastermind is this, you know, when we create a group thinking situation and when we put our, our collective unconscious together in that way, we can actually become more powerful, support each other better, have better ideas, and like everyone's business flourishes. And it honestly is one of the most powerful, in my opinion, one of the most powerful things that you can do for your business to participate in one. And even if you're in a place where you feel like you're not necessarily ready for, you know, like you're not going to invest in a high ticket mastermind, there are so many ways for you to create that community for yourself and find groups or initiate initiate that for yourself. So you can do a peer led one, you can do, you know, there, there's ranges of you know, options available to you for whatever stage of business or, you know, your creative fulfillment in your life. Um, I even know, like, you know, and I know that the desire map has their, their like certified facilitators for things like that. But I even know women that have put groups together to go through the desire map, you know, just peer by peer Mm -hmm. on peer. And so, um, just throwing ideas out there for for you guys to to create the support systems that you need, no matter where you are in your journey. Yeah. Awesome. So what I would love to know is <laughs> the five million dollar question. <laughs> Before I release you to continue with your with the, I know that your very your time is very precious. <laughs> <laughs> no, before I release you, I would love to know. I ask everyone this question, every guest this question. So, you know, don't feel bad <laughs> if you feel like you answer it. And then three days later, you're like, I have a different answer. You can let me know because I can put the other answer in the show notes. Um, but the question is, imagining that you had $5 million 
tax-free in a bank account, like just gifted to you by a magical benefactor, angel investor person. And they were like, this is just for you. You know, it's for whatever you want. There's no strings attached. There's nothing you have to do for it. It's just yours to take and reinvest, you know, or use in any way that you see, in any way that you see fit. I'm curious, what would you do with that money? Oh, goodness. That is a big question. All right. So, it, like, immediately a lot of personal stuff comes up where um, I would want to make sure, like, we had, like, our girls would be taken care of, um, my family, like, my parents, my sister, and I have this vision. My husband and I talk about it all the time of the house we're going to build. We have a beautiful home right now, but there's just something in me where I'm like, I want to design and build our home. And like every nook and cranny has our us in it, that thoughtfulness. And so we buy our land and build our house for sure. Um, home is like super important to me. I love like that sense of home and being anchored in. Beyond that, there would definitely be travel. We haven't done a lot of travel since our girls arrived, um, but that would free up, you know, being able to travel really nicely with, with little kids, you know, maybe bringing nannies along, stuff like that. So that would be awesome. And I would definitely use a lot of it to make what I'm doing now bigger, better, more impactful, spread the message of, of doing work you love, with a lifestyle that you love and that you can be amazingly successful at it, like just designing a beautiful life to like champion that message far and wide. I don't even know exactly what the money would need to go into in order for that to happen. But I can imagine with resources like that, you'd be able to really expand um, your purpose. And so I would, I would explore what that would look like. Yeah. That's the stuff that's like right there for me. I think that would be really fun. <laughs> I love that. And it's so beautiful. You, you're making me want to like build my own custom house. <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> I've been, that's something that's come up a lot lately. My sister's gotten into real estate recently, which has made my brain think about all kinds of possibilities like that, which I would yeah. never consider before. I'm like, oh, in some cases it makes sense to buy land and just build a house. Like, yeah. okay, think about that. I, that's beautiful. I started completely envisioning your house. <laughs> yeah, I picture it all the time. I'm, it's like one of my happy places in my meditation. <laughs> yes, yes, I love that. That's actually a great thing to do in meditation, um, particularly when you are stepping into a creative space to actually imagine the most supportive environment for what you're creating, even if it's not the environment you're currently in. So you're already doing that. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. I like it. I'm like, I'm going to go visit our house. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. Kaylin, this has been so fun. I wish we could do this all day. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, where would you like people to stalk you? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you're interested in learning more about my three-day work week, I've got a great opt-in freebie. Um, it gives you my whole schedule broken down hour by hour and also gives you um, a template for creating your own ideal work week. And so if that's something that sounds like it would support you, you can head over to my website, kaylinasher.com. And it's right there on the homepage. You can't miss it. And as far as social media goes, I like hanging out on Instagram. It's kaylin underscore asher. And on Facebook, I have an awesome free Facebook group called Three Day Work Week. 
And um, yeah, it's a gathering place for entrepreneurs who are looking to put their lifestyle first and still create an amazing business that serves tremendously and brings them the fulfillment and money that they desire. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kaylin. Thank you, Jamie. This has been awesome. This episode is sponsored by Copy That, my signature course for writing websites that speak volumes and sell, something that every creative making money for sure needs. To learn more about my approach to writing that sells, you can visit thecopythatcourse.com slash free training.